Good evening. It's 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. This is Bugyeshiva.org, and it's time to begin our regular halacha shir. Our topic is fun. Uh, what do the great rabbis have to say about having fun? Yeah, the um, uh, uh, let, let me uh, 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 according to the sources we've seen, there is, there's one situation, namely Avelus mourning when an immediate relative has passed away, when we are not allowed to display any forms of simcha, any forms of having fun. Uh, among the things we're not supposed to do is learn Torah. Uh, learn Torah, as it says in the Torah itself, is mishamche lev, makes us happy. The acharonim, as we saw, the modern poskim, as we saw, had difficulty with that particular prohibition of, uh, of, the, uh, of mourning because in private, where is there a display of having fun? If no one sees you, where is the display? And, and the best that the poskim were able to do to explain that was that since learning Torah should be out loud, one is supposed to have a pleasant voice while one is uh, learning Torah, so it can't really be can't really be entirely in private, and there's a likelihood or possibility that people will hear you. In any event, as far as availus is concerned, as far as mourning is concerned, one is not allowed to display any simcha uh, forms of uh, fun, which are purely internal. Only you experience it, and there's no display. We didn't see any objection to that. Surely, outside of the area of mourning, uh, there's no particular prohibition of displaying simcha, displaying that, we, that you're having fun at the moment. That was our first conclusion last time. Then we began looking at the text of the Shulchan Aruch. Let me see if I can get this text on the on the blackboard again. Should I do it? Yeah. Now let's synchronize it for everyone. We began looking at this text, yeah, holding a newborn baby. That was, uh, uh, well, if it's the mother has to nurse the baby, if it's the father has to comfort the baby which is crying, this is not a display of simcha, but bouncing the child on your knee and saying, kuchi, kuchi, ku, that uh, these are displays of simcha which the post can prohibited during mourning. Okay. Now, last time, at the end of our previous shi'ur, at the end of last week, we began to look at the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch said that you're not supposed to take a nap during the day. Uh, during the uh, sleeping is for nighttime. Uh, on Shab, Shabbos is, is, of course, different. On Shabbos, Hashena Mishubachat. On Shabbat, sleep is praiseworthy. We're supposed to have onik. We're supposed to enjoy Shabbat. And therefore, an enjoyable nap on Shabbat is entirely correct and entirely proper. But during the week, uh, the enjoyment, the hana'a uh, of, uh, of napping during the week is something which is, according to Shulchan Aruch, is no-no. You're not supposed to do it during the week. And of course, there are plenty of sources for this in the Torah and in the Rishonim and in the Gemara. This is just the final psaq of the Shulchan Aruch. 
Let's complete the text of the Shulchan Aruch, which we began last week, and then we'll see how the great posts can relate to this idea. The text of the Shulchan Aruch concludes, Amru Chachamim, the rabbis of the Talmud said, Everything you do, everything you do, you should do, L'Shem Shemayim, everything you do, you should do for the sake of heaven. Now, now, now hold the idea in the back of your head. Although we are talking about the enjoyment, the pleasure of taking a nap during the day, although that's the specific topic at hand, what we're talking about really is call Ma'asecha, all of your actions, whether it's, it's Playing, playing basketball or a game of bridge or whatever it is you happen to enjoy, or whatever it is you happen to enjoy, whether it's a game of basketball or bridge or whatever it is, call Ma'asecha, everything you do should be kavana l'shem shamayim, should be oriented for the sake of heaven. Afilu devarim shorashut. Even if what you're doing is an optional activity, optional in the sense of not mitzvah regulated, there's no mitzvah that regulates playing basketball or playing bridge, even if it's a non-mitzvah regulated activity, still, when you come to do it, you should do it l'shem shamayim for the sake of heaven. Kagod, for example. Achila, shtiya, halicha, yeshiva, kima, tashmish. For example, when you come to eat, when you come to drink, when you go on a walk, when you are sitting somewhere, when you engage in marital intercourse with your spouse, hashicha, when you're having a discussion, a pleasant discussion with someone, anything which is for the benefit of your body, you're having a massage, you're exercising, you're, 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 whatever it is you're doing, even if it's a non Mitzvah-related activity. They should all be done in service of the Creator. They should all be directed to God's service. Everything we do should be gorem, should be causing. Everything we do should be causing or leading to the service of God. What does that mean? That means that if you are tired and taking a pleasant nap in the afternoon, which is specifically the topic at hand in the Shulchan Aruch, if you are tired and therefore cannot perform the mitzvahs as well as you uh, normally are able to, uh, you cannot learn Torah and perform the mitzvahs as well as you uh, are normally able to because you're tired. And if when you take your nap, which is a pleasant experience, if you have in mind that it's also being, your nap is also being directed to avodas habore, the service of God, so that you will also be able to do mitzvahs better, not only will you have the enjoyment and pleasure of the nap, but you'll also be able to serve God better than all of a sudden your Rishus, your your optional activity, your non-mitzvah regulated regulated activity of taking a nap has turned into a spiritual experience, which is good. Now, now there are some people out there who are able to devote themselves 
all day long to mitzvah activities without the slightest interruption or without the slightest rest. But that's a vanishingly small number of people in the world. Most ordinary people run out of energy, run out of steam. There's a limit to how long they can uh, maintain their level of activity. And if they'll take some time off in order to play basketball, if they'll take some time off in order to play bridge or play the flute or, or, or whatever the optional activity is, which is going to allow them to refresh themselves so that they will be able to return to Avodas Habore with greater strength. They'll be able to return to the service of God with more energy and do things better. Well, all of a sudden, the, the, the uh, uh, diversion turns into something of great positive value. Let me take this idea just one step further before we continue looking at the text. Uh, uh, mo most, uh, most ordinary people uh, uh, in their ordinary everyday activities have a big choice. Most people, their ordinary everyday activities present them with the following big choice. I'll give you one or two examples and you'll understand exactly how it means and you'll see how it applies in your own life, whatever it is you're doing in your own life. But imagine for a moment someone who's a businessman or, or a businesswoman buying and selling whatever it is, uh, clothing, computers, whatever, whatever the business happens to be. There are two ways in which this businessman, there are two ways in which this businesswoman can structure the business. Uh, uh, one might say, well, I'm, I'm in business to make money, and I'm going to make the maximum profit. I'm going to maximize my profits on every sweater, on every, on every cardigan, on every item of clothing I sell. I'm going to maximize my profits on every computer I sell, or whatever the business happens to be. That's one way of structuring a business. Another way of structuring exactly the same business would be to say, well, I, I am marketing. My business is selling uh, articles of clothing, and my business is selling computers, or whatever, whatever it is. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, find out what it is that my customer needs. I'm going to figure out the needs of my customer, and I'm going to sell the customer the best product which is going to fulfill the needs of the customer at a good price. And if I sell the customer the product which will actually fulfill his needs or her needs at a good price, it turns out that everyone involved in the business is benefiting. The customer is benefiting because he or she is getting the computer or the article of clothing, whatever it is that the customer is buying, is getting an article, buying something which is really going to fulfill their needs at a good price. The seller is benefiting because he or she is making a profit, not only are the buyer and the seller profiting, but everyone back along the line, the manufacturer, the supplier, everyone going back along the line involved in the production of this article of clothing or the computer, whatever it is, everyone is benefiting. Huge number of families are having their uh, livelihood supplied by this. There is no act of chesed. There is no act of kindness greater than a business deal which is good for everyone involved. 
well, uh, uh, it, whether you're uh, whether you are a businessman in your ordinary daily activities, or a businesswoman, as I have described, or uh, you are a professional, uh, a lawyer, you're an accountant, you're you're a physician. It all works the same. Uh, your 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 affairs can be structured in a way that what you are doing is maximizing the chesed which you do with the people you interact with, whether they are your customers or your patients or your clients, or depending upon what kind of activities you're engaged in, you can maximize the benefit which you're, uh, which everyone is receiving from whatever it is you do, or, or you can just uh, forget about everyone else, forget about everyone else's importance, forget about everyone else's value, and just be concerned with yourself. If one structures the business or the uh, uh, the your legal advice or your medical advice whatever whatever your profession is whatever your business is if you structure it in a way rooted in the concept of chesed doing kindness for everyone involved well there is no mitzvah greater than this and and some people uh, some people are able to devote themselves to their business or their law practice or their medical practice or whatever it is, their accountancy. Some people are able to devote themselves to their business uh, without stop, with great intensity, all day long, every day. But that's very few people. Most people run out of energy from time to time, have to recharge their batteries, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of diverting the attention from the business and uh, jogging or playing a, ba- a game of basketball or a game of chess with someone or reading uh, reading reading a good book or 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 if the maase shall reshut if the optional activity which you've chosen for yourself in order to relax, is chosen so that you will be able to return to your uh, uh, law practice or your business or whatever it is with greater efficiency and greater vigor and greater strength, all of a sudden, the optional activity turns into uh, an activity of great value because it is helping you in avodas habore, it is helping you in the service of God. After all, what God wants us to do is chesed. What God wants us to do is acts of kindness with our fellow man. And uh, if the uh, game of basketball or the game of bridge or the uh, or reading poetry or, or, or whatever it is that you wish to do as an optional activity is going to enable you to do greater chesed uh, later, then, then by all means, that's a positive activity according uh, to the Shulchan Aruch. Afilu hayat even if you are thirsty and hungry, well, uh, if you eat and drink lahanato just for your own enjoyment, uh, we're talking about food, but think, of, think about other activities which are in concept exactly the same. If you play basketball or the game of bridge or, or read the poetry only for your own pleasure, only for your own enjoyment, you know, Mishubach, nothing particularly praiseworthy about that. There's nothing prohibited either. It's not prohibited. It's not praiseworthy in order. Uh, for the for the the basketball game, in order for the jogging, in order for the poetry reading, in order for the chess game to become an action which is praiseworthy in the eyes of God, you should have in mind 
that you're eating, drinking, jogging, playing chess, reading poetry, whatever, whatever it is, it's fun for you, whatever the fun is that you're having, have in mind that you're doing it, la'avod es bol'o, have in mind that you're doing it in order uh, to serve God. Um, well, this is, is the Shulchan Aruch. And according to the Shulchan Aruch, it's clear that fun activities, which might be blocked, which are indeed blocked during mourning period, when an immediate relative has passed away, these activities can be of neutral or even negative value all year long, and they can be transformed into something of positive value, into something which is praiseworthy in the eyes of God, if you have the proper kavanah, if you have the proper intention, that you're doing it as part of a Vodas That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Now, of course, uh, uh, the Shulchan Aruch, as influential as it is, is not the final word on anything. Let's see what the great modern rabbis have to say about the, this text of the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, we'll, we'll begin with uh, the Mishnah Brura. I'm, I'm sure uh, everyone, or just about everyone would agree that the Mishnah Brura is the single most important, the single most influential contemporary commentary, a little bit over 100 years ago, modern uh, single most influential single most important commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. Let's see what he has to say about this. Uh, he quotes the Chayodim, uh, 18th century, Lithuania, Rav Danzig, of Avram Danzig, was the name of the author. Ra'iti I have seen men of great stature. That's a, a poetic way of saying tzaddikim. Uh, very righteous uh, Jews. I've seen some very righteous Jews, some great rabbis. Shekodem Achila, before they eat, Hayu Omrim, they would say, Hinani Rotzel Echol Velashtot Kedesh Eyeh Bariva Chazakat Vavodes Hashem Yisborach. Before they eat and drink, they say, Behold, I wish to eat and drink so that I will be healthy and strong so that I will be able to serve God. Okay? No, 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 no. Of course, you don't actually have to say the words. Uh, saying the words might or might not help you. If you want to say the words, by all means, that, that might that might actually help you, uh, help you do it. But what's important before doing an optional activity, uh, reshut, an activity which is not regulated by the mitzvahs, we're not talking here about eating in a Shabbos meal. We're not talking here about eating matzah uh, 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 on the Seder night. We're not talking here about a mitzvah-regulated activity. We're talking about ordinary eating and drinking all year long. We're talking about an ordinary uh, game of basketball, an ordinary game of chess, uh, whatever it is uh, that, you, that you do to have fun. Uh, actually saying the words uh, might be a good idea for you. That's something you have to decide. But surely having in mind that you're doing it so that you will be refreshed, stronger uh, in the service of God after the game, after having fun, whatever it is, after diverting yourself uh, for the game, then when you go back to your uh, law practice, then when you go back to your patients, 
then when you go back to your business affairs, uh, then when you go back to whatever it is you do, you're, you're constructing, you're building new houses. Now when you go back uh, to whatever it is you're doing for a chesed in order to improve civilization, you'll be able to do it better. Mishnabura not only agrees, not surprisingly, Mishnabura not only agrees with the Shulchan Aruch, it's very rare that the Mishnabura disagrees with Shulchan Aruch. There are a few occasions, but it's very rare. He says, if you actually say the words, I'm doing this in order to be healthy and strong for serving God, that's good, actually saying the words. Let's look at it for a moment from the Hasidic point of view. The, uh, the Shulchan Tahor, written by Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac of Komarna, one of the great uh, Hasidic rabbis of Eastern Europe, uh, 19th century, uh, he says as follows, this is a Hasidic view of exactly this same issue. Tov Adam, it's good for a person. Shalom Yishon Bayom, it's good not to sleep during the day. Now, uh, uh, you need here some sensitivity to the way the rabbis express themselves. When rabbis express themselves with words like tov, it is good to avoid sleep during the day. That's another way of saying that it's entirely permitted to sleep during the day. When the rabbis say it's good to avoid sleep, that's another way of saying it is permitted to sleep during the day. I assure you, beyond any doubt, the rabbis know how to say that something is prohibited if they want to say that something is prohibited. That's something the rabbis have no difficulty in saying. If they wanted to say it's prohibited, they know how to say that. The Hebrew language is very rich in words for prohibition. Uh, the list goes on very long. Uh, 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 when the rabbi does not use any of the words from the long list, which means you're not allowed to do it, that means you are allowed to do it. Tov adam shalom It's good not to sleep during the day. That's good advice. That might be praiseworthy. That might be uh, commendable. But there's some distance between, on the one hand, good, praiseworthy, and commendable, and on the other hand, uh, something which is an obligation, something which halacha demands that we do. Uh, and he says it's good not to sleep during the day. And always have in the back of your mind to, to substitute for sleep other activities which might be enjoyable, uh, whether it is uh, ice skating or going to the movies, uh, always have in mind in your back of mind other uh, fun activities that you can sub- other enjoyable activities that you can substitute for the specific example at hand, which happens to be taking a nap. It's good to avoid the enjoyable activities, im f charlo, if you can. And there are people out there who who are able to devote themselves. To whether it's their medical practice or studying Torah in the yeshiva or whatever. There are people out there who are able to do that all day, every day. The very idea uh, of taking, taking a vacation, the very idea of taking a break 
from whatever it is they're doing, uh, medical practice or, or studying Torah in the yeshiva or, or whatever, the idea to, is absurd for them that they don't need to, they have absolutely no need to divert themselves from their full steam engagement in, in chesed. They have no need to divert themselves from their full steam ahead engagement in Torah and mitzvahs, whatever it is. No, no, there are some people like that, but they are, but they're, but they're very few. If, if, if you're the kind of person who can sit in the yeshiva all day, every day, uh, learning Torah, go, go, go for it. You, you don't need you don't need any time off to have fun. But most of us, <laughs> whether our daily activity is uh, 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 plumbing, uh, carpentry, uh, uh, business, uh, chesed, uh, Torah, most of us, whatever our daily activity is, we're simply unable uh, to go full steam ahead all day, every day. Uh, we need some time out to relax. Well, im. If the reason you're taking some time out from your constructive activities, and your constructive activities can be whether you are a, a plumber or, or, or a kindergarten teacher or, 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 a, or a lawyer, there, there, there's, there's no limit to the constructive activities which you can engage in as part of your daily activities in order to improve the world in which we find ourselves. Uh, well, if, if the reason you're taking some time off from the, uh, uh, your daily activities, which I, I hope are contributing to the interests of civilization, if the reason you're taking some time off from your daily activities, which I hope are improving mankind, if the reason you're doing it is so that you can return to your constructive activities later in the day with greater uh, energy and devotion, go for it. That already becomes commendable and praiseworthy. It's correct to take time off from your constructive activities, which are the foundation of our lives, uh, uh, furthering the interests of mankind, whether it's through learning Torah or doing mitzvahs, or, uh, or carpentry, or whatever, it's correct to take time off if the time off is going to enable you to engage in your constructive activities with greater energy. It would be nice to say, uh, say the words, according to Mishnah Brewer, it would be even nice to say the words. I'm, 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 I'm t taking time off to play chess with my friend. I'm playing this game of chess so that I will be able to return to my accountancy uh, practice with greater concentration and greater energy and help my, uh, my, my customers uh, uh, structure their business in a better way. The whole davar everything you do, every motion that you make with your body, ya'amin you have to believe that in everything you do, every motion of your body, you have the potential of serving God. Uh, uh, most of us, I hope uh, most of us, are engaged in daily activities which are routinely in the service of God, either through learning Torah specific mitzvahs or furthering the interests of civilization through chesed 
by establishing uh, good businesses which are going to help people or, or professional practices uh, which are going to help people and, and everything you do is, can therefore be directed in the service of God even if you have to take some time off from that positive activity in order to refresh yourself. Everything you do, even if it's the most tahton, the lowest, most mundane, most worldly activity, going jogging, uh, even if it's the most lonely human activity, if you have in mind that you're doing it so that you will be able to uh, have more energy and, and help your clients better in your, in your business, whatever it is you do, go for it. It becomes, the jogging becomes part of the positive activity of serving God later in the day. And, that, and that's good. Well, that, that's a, a Hasidic perspective on exactly this issue. And you'll see in this case, although... Uh, the great Hasidic rabbis and the great uh, Lithuanian postkin, although they did not always agree eye to eye on everything, this is an issue which is not controversial. This is an issue where both the great uh, anti-Hasidic Lithuanian postkin and the great Hasidic masters agree that uh, if you are one of the majority of people, if you're one of you're an ordinary person who cannot go full steam ahead all day, every day in, this, in constructive activities. Take some time off, divert yourself, enjoy yourself as long as you're doing it, as long as you're having that enjoyment, not only for your own pleasure, not only for your own enjoyment, but also so that you will be able later to do Torah, mitzvahs, chesed, uh, mitzvahs uh, in the broadest sense with greater energy. Now, uh, let's take a look at the Orach HaShulchan. Orach HaShulchan happens to be my favorite book, but it, it will be on anyone's short list of great halachic masterpieces. The Orach HaShulchan was written by Rav Yechiel Michal Epstein, published uh, almost almost exactly, over, a shade over a hundred years ago. The, the first volume came out, I think, in... Uh, 19, uh, 1911, I think the first volume, 1915 was the last volume, oh, shade over, shade over 100 years ago it was published. Uh, he was the great Rav of Nevardic, and the name of his book that we're about to quote from, Orach HaSholchan, the name of the book tells you what's going on here. It's just the reverse of the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch that we began with today tells you the bottom line sock the bottom line conclusion after you've learned all the sources and all the underlying ideas and all the concepts and all the opinions, the bottom line conclusion, that's what the Shulchan Aruch gives you. Well, Aruch HaShulchan has reversed uh, the process and rather than giving you the bottom line conclusion, he goes back and gives you the sources and the underlying concepts and the different opinions. He's reversed the process, which is probably why he called it Orach HaShulchan, reversing the order of the two words in the name. Let's see what he says about this issue. Yisab uh, it says in Tractate Sukkah, and these are the words in Tractate Sukkah, Asur l'adam lishon bayom yoter b'shenasus. 
you're not allowed, it says in, in, in Sukkah, you're not allowed to sleep during the day, not allowed to take a nap during the day, uh, a nap which is longer than a horse sleeps. The, the duration of a horse's nap, that's the maximum permissible uh, nap for a human during the day. That's what it says in the Gemara. Then the Gemara asks, the Kama Shemus, how long the horses sleep? You know, like you, like me, might be an urban slicker, and we don't have much contact with horses, and you know, like you might not know uh, how long horses take naps for. So the Gemara has to tell you. You know, if you live, live in a farm, you probably just know the answer. But if you live in the city, the, the, the Gemara tells you the answer. Shitin nishme horses typically nap for a duration of 60 breaths, 60 inhalations or 60 exhalations, 60 breaths. That's the typical nap of a, of a horse. And uh, a modern post can say that, uh, you know, horses have, well, like humans, like all animals have, have um, uh, uh, slower, slower breathing when they are asleep. Uh, it's on here about around 20 minutes or so is the time we're talking about in modern time measurements. That's what it says in the Gemara, and you'll notice that the Gemara uses the word uh, asur. It is simply prohibited. The Gemara uses the word asur. It is simply prohibited during the day to sleep more than around 20 minutes. Now, the, uh, uh, the same Gemara goes on and says, Abaya, one of the great rabbis of the Talmud, Havanaim was napping. He was napping once during a trip between these two towns in Babylonia. But when Rabbi Yosef saw that Abaya was napping, he quoted a pasuk. You lazy bones, how long are you going to sleep? When are you going to wake up? Uh, uh, Rav Yosef denigrated, Rav Yosef belittled the sleep of Abayah. Abayah was sleeping too long. Now, now this is very interesting. Uh, the Gemara says, you're not allowed to sleep more than a brief time during the day, around 20 minutes or so. Abaya apparently did it. The great rabbi of the Talmud apparently did sleep too long. And one of the other rabbis, Rav Yosef, was not happy about that. He called him a lazy bones and told him to wake up. Now, uh, uh, the question arises, uh, why does the Gemara tell us this story about Abaya who did not obey the instructions of the Gemara itself? Abaya was a great rabbi. I mean, we, 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 we expect them, we expect the rabbis of the, of the Gemara to practice what they preach. And if they say, you're not allowed to sleep, take a long nap during the day, we expect them not to take a long nap during the day. If one of them stumbled and did something wrong, you know, they're only human, rabbis... Am I allowed to say that rabbis can make a mistake? Uh, like, uh, let's not 
get into whether that's possible for rabbis to make a mistake, but Abaya slept too long. You, you know, uh, people often tell me that they cannot accept the idea. People often tell me they cannot abide. They cannot accept the idea that rabbis, great rabbis, can make mistakes. Um, uh, I, I cannot speak about all the great rabbis in the world, but I do know that there is an entire tractate of the Mishnah and Gemara. There's an entire tractate devoted to the question of what to do when rabbis make a mistake. And that's tractate Masechet Horayas. Masechet Horayas is an entire tractate, Mishnah, Gemara, parak after parak, chapter after chapter, of what to do when, when great rabbis make a mistake. Well, if, if the Mishnah and Gemara have devoted an entire, this is not just a, a mentioned in passing somewhere in the Gemara, this is an entire tractate of Mishnah and Gemara devoted to the question of what to do when great rabbis make a mistake. So I guess, I guess it's possible. I guess, I guess we learn from this that it must be possible for great rabbis to make a mistake. In any event, Abaya was sleeping too long, which raises the question, not what was wrong with him. I mean, maybe he, maybe he didn't make a mistake. What the question raised here is why does the Gemara tell us the story? If, if a rabbi did something wrong, it's unusual that the Gemara would tell us about it if it was truly wrong. And if it was truly wrong, the Gemara would make a point of saying, you see, he sinned. But the Gemara just tells the story without any indication that he was actually sinning here. Well, our author, the Orcha Shulchan, after quoting the Gemara, which tells us not to nap for a long time, and the story in the Gemara of Abaya actually doing it, our author, the Orcha Shulchan, resolves the whole problem in the following way. Here are the words of the Orcha Shulchan. Everyone knows that the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah uh, uh, has com compiled the total halachic content of the Gemara. Now, a lot of the Gemara is not halachic. A lot of the Gemara is commentaries on verses uh, of the Torah. A lot of the Gemara is uh, midrashim. Some of the Gemara is medical advice. There's a lot in the Gemara which is not actually halacha. The halachic material in the Gemara, the Rambam compiled together, and that's the Mishnah Torah, the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam, a work of great genius, where the total halachic material of Talmudic literature was arranged in subject order, a masterpiece. Uh, well, this particular point in the Gemara is mentioned nowhere in the Rambam. The Rambam nowhere mentions that you're not allowed to take a nap during the day. Implying that the Rambam did not think that these words of the Gemara are normative. The Rambam did not think that these words of the Gemara represented a halachic imperative a halachic command, the Rambam did not think that we have a halachic command here prohibiting us from sleeping during the day. After all, after all, the word asur has many different meanings. Usually, the word asur does indeed refer to a halachic prohibition. 
But uh, if you speak modern Israeli Hebrew, uh, you'll hear the word asur used in many other contexts. You might very well hear a, 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 a mother telling her young child, asur lalechet barachov. It is prohibited to walk in the street. And this is not a halachic prohibition. This is just a mother instructing her child about how to behave properly in a way that is not dangerous. And of course, the mother doesn't want the child to chase the ball, which goes rolling into the street. And the mother instructs the child using the word asura. Asura doesn't mean that there's a specific halachic prohibition. It just means it's a bad idea. Uh, the Rambam apparently understood the Gemara Ta'amo. The reason that the Rambam did not include in the Mishnah Torah any prohibition of sleeping during the day is Pashut, is obvious. Shahare Abaya Naim Yosef Ad Matai. Since the Gemara tells us the story of Abaya, who had an enjoyable nap for a long time during the day and, and, and felt a lot better because of it. Since the Gemara tells us the story of Abaya enjoying a long nap during the day, it must be, it must be that it's not actually prohibited. Um, uh, uh, Rashi uh, explained that his nap was much longer than uh, 60 breaths of a, 60 breaths of a horse or, or six, the time it takes to walk six miles uh, we don't know exactly why Rashi explained the Gemara the way he did it, but Rambam surely held that there simply is no prohibition to enjoy yourself during the day. However, bottom line, we know that there is no halacha prohibiting enjoyment. There is no halacha prohibiting having a good time, enjoying yourself, having fun during the day. It's obvious that Abaya must have been sleeping longer than the period of time that the Gemara just told us is okay or else Yosef wouldn't have been mad at him. That's why the Rambam does not mention anywhere the prohibition to have an enjoyable nap during the day because there is no such prohibition. As far as these matters are concerned, certainly, as far as these matters are concerned, certainly the rule is, and I've underlined the key words in the Orach HaShochem, HaKol Lefi Shehu Adam. It all depends upon who you are. If you are the kind of person who doesn't need to divert himself, if you are the kind of person who does not have to divert herself from vigorous activity all day long in improving the status of mankind, you're the kind of person who does not have to have any diversion from rigorous activity, vigorous activity all day long in Torah and mitzvahs and chesed, well, if you're the kind of person who doesn't need any personal enjoyment, then, then, then just do good things all day long. Uh, on the other hand, if you are the kind of person who will be improved 
by uh, a little bit of diversion, uh, having fun, enjoyment, and pleasure, and then you, that will enable you to do good things with greater energy uh, and greater vigor later. Go for it. All depends upon who you are. And there's a, there's a proof in, in, in Pirkei Avot. Uh, uh, Pirkei Avot has a proof for this. Because in Pirkei Avot, it says as follows. Shenash shaharit sleeping in the morning, yayin shal tzaharayim, and drinking wine in the afternoon, motzi'inat ha'adam olam. These things will destroy you. Uh, 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 lazy bones who sleeps in the morning, uh, the wash who drinks wine in the afternoon, these are self-destructive activities. If you sleep late in the morning, you are going to not read Shema at the proper time. The time will pass. If you sleep late in the morning, you are not going to be engaged in what you're supposed to be doing, namely Torah and mitzvot, or if you're a businessman, you're not going to be engaged in your business. If you're a professional person, whether it's accountancy uh, or or, or law, you're not going to be engaged in helping people in your profession. If you're a a working person, a carpenter, or or a consultant, it doesn't matter what you do. If you sleep late in the morning, you're not going to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is either Torah and mitzvahs or advancing the interests of mankind. The Pirkei is opposed to sleeping late in the morning because what you're supposed to be doing is not sleeping, but engaging in positive activities. Pirkei uh, has no objection. It's totally silent on this question of taking a nap in the afternoon. If there was something really wrong with napping in the afternoon, Pirkei should have mentioned it while it was talking about the bad elements of sleep. While Pirkei Avot is talking about the bad elements of sleep, that was the time to mention that there's something wrong in napping in the afternoon, if there's something wrong with it. Sleeping late in the morning clearly has something wrong with it because you're going to miss the mitzvah of Krishna or whatever other mitzvahs you have to do. Sleeping in the afternoon is not mentioned as being bad in Pirkei Avot, and this is the place they should have mentioned it if there's something wrong with it. We've even seen great rabbis. don't know exactly who he's referring to, but uh, great rabbis from the end of the, of the 19th century, I suppose, beginning of the 20th century, that's when this was written. We've seen great rabbis, uh, he was in Eastern Europe, we see great rabbis take naps in the afternoon for an hour or two, because that's what the great rabbis needed to do, uh, depending upon how strong they felt themselves to be, depending upon uh, what they had to do in order to be able to return to acts of chesed, and helping people later in the day. They needed a nap for an hour or two, and there's a, that nap. If it's only for your own enjoyment, if it's only for your own pleasure, if it's only to make you feel good, there's no positive value in that. And therefore, you should have in mind that you're doing it not only 
for your own pleasure, not only for your own enjoyment, not only to make you feel good, but also to help you do positive, constructive things uh, with greater energy later. And of course, although we're talking specifically about napping, the idea, the concept is by no means limited to a nap. In the back of your mind, substitute any other enjoyable activity uh, for, the, for the nap, whether it's basketball, playing chess, or, or playing the flute, or whatever it is uh, that you wish to do. That's the Orcha Shulchan. Once again, we see that the great Poskim and the great Hasidic masters are in perfect agreement. Now, all the sources we've seen up till now happen to be on the Ashkenaz side of the great Ashkenaz-Sfardic divide. Uh, 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 and uh, whenever we speak about issues of halacha, we always have to deal with the question, is the issue at hand the subject of controversy between the great Sephardic and the great Ashkenaz rabbis? You know, the, the truth is, in almost everything, I mean, the overwhelming majority of cases, the Ashkenaz rabbis and the Sephardic rabbis are in perfect agreement. But there are places where they disagree, and it's important to know about those disagreements, and everyone is going to follow the great rabbis who are the leaders of whichever team, whichever team you happen to be on. Let, let, let's see now what the great Sephardic rabbis have to say about this issue. We're going to look at the text of the Kafachayim. Uh, the, 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 rabbis, the rabbi who wrote it, his name was Sofer, Rav Sofer. He lived here in Yerushalayim uh, back in the beginning of the 20th century, not so long ago. And uh, he wrote this sefer that we're about to quote from, the Kafachayim. The, the Kafachayim is a commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, which in Sephardic circles, among Sephardic rabbis, this book occupies a position of importance and influence very similar to the position of importance and influence occupied by the Mishnah Brura in Ashkenaz circles. Uh, just as in Ashkenaz circles, the Mishnah Brura is a greatly venerated commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, a very similar uh, position is occupied by the Kafachayim in Sephardic circles. Kafachayim was published a few years after the Mishnah Brura, it's slightly younger, but basically uh, within 10 years or so, uh, published uh, in the same time. Let's see what he has to say about our issue. Hagam It's true that there's something wrong with sleeping during the day. It's it's true that there's something wrong with engaging in purely enjoyable, pleasurable activities during the day. It's it's harmful to the soul, to the neshama, to the soul of the tzaddik, the, the, the spiritual essence of the tzaddik yearns always for positive, constructive activities and doing things which are only fun, only enjoyable, only pleasurable, it's not good for the neshama, not good for the soul of the tzaddik. That's true. Nonetheless, Lamar, nonetheless, it's possible to say Nonetheless, it's possible to say that if your kavana, 
if your intention, if the reason you are napping, if the reason you are engaging in a pleasurable, uh, enjoyable activity is so that you will be able to engage in holy work uh, better, that's good. That turns out to be good for the soul. That's good for the neshama. It all depends upon your intention. Well, you see, the Kafachayim agrees, in, uh, the great Sephardic authority, agrees entirely with the approach that we've seen up till now in the name of great Ashkenaz rabbis. The ode and further, these are still the words of the Kafachayim, still the words of the great Sephardic Rav, Efshalom, or further, it's possible to say, since you are sleeping, since you are engaging in the fun activity, so that you will be able to later engage in Torah, later engage in positive actions with greater energy, the, the, the merit of the Torah, which you are going to perform later, will protect you from any injury to the soul that your enjoyable activity might otherwise create. Uh, just like napping on Shabbat is always praiseworthy because Shabbat is supposed to be a day of onig, a day of enjoyment, and that's the mitzvah of the day, to have onig, to have enjoyment. Well, of course, Taking a nap is good. Of course, playing a game of chess is good on Shabbat. Uh, of course, we can't play the flute on Shabbat because that's a prohibited activity. But, uh, uh, of course, engaging in, uh, in, in, in enjoyable, pleasurable activities on Shabbat, of course, is praiseworthy. Of course, is commendable. Well, it's equally praiseworthy, equally commendable during the week if the reason you're doing it is so that you will be able to later uh, uh, return to your uh, dental practice or your, or your nursing or your carpentry or whatever it is that your daily activities are with a greater concentration, greater uh, efficiency. Adraba, on the contrary, on the contrary, if your kavana is correct, if your intention is correct, then the, uh, uh, the, the fun activity is uh, itself of positive value and itself will improve your neshama and will improve your soul. You can improve your soul not only by doing mitzvahs, not only by doing a good job in carpentry, not only by being a good kindergarten teacher, uh, you can also improve your soul by taking time out for an enjoyable activity so that you will be able to do those praiseworthy actions with greater energy, with greater strength. Okay, uh, 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 with this, uh, we see that there's no controversy between the Sardic and Ashkenaz uh, sides on this particular issue. We're going to pause with this uh, today. Next week, we're going to begin with the Ohev Yisrael, the great Hasidic master, uh, the Aptarov, see what he has to say about this, and then we're going to turn to specific uh, uh, activities like uh, playing chess and gambling and all kinds of specific activities which the rabbis address individually, and we'll see what they have to say about that beginning next week. Until then, I wish you a good week and a Shabbat Shalom, and look forward to seeing you all again in the Web Yeshiva next week. Until then, Shalom Shalom.